Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Company's podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each episode showcases one of Davy's certified arborists sharing advice with everyone about caring for your trees and landscapes. We'll talk about everything from introduced pests, seasonal tree care, deer damage, how to make your trees thrive, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. This week, I'm joined by Chris Heim. He is a district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company in Atlanta. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great today. How are you, Santa? <laughs> yes, I'm wearing my Santa hat. You guys can't see it, but Chris can, because we're talking all about recycling Christmas trees. And I know, Chris, that there's something special you do down in Georgia, right, that Davy's involved in? Yes, we're fortunate to be involved with... Uh, uh, keep Georgia beautiful and uh, participating with the, uh, I think the nation's largest Chris, annual Christmas tree recycling program. Uh, we've been involved for geez, close to 30 years now. And uh, with uh, corporate partners like Home Depot, um, uh, local uh, uh, television uh, affiliate here in Atlanta, um, Channel 11, those are the main sponsors of the program. So how do you recycle them through that program? Um, our contribution with it is a partnership with the Home Depot. And we, uh, they supply their parking lots at the area Home Depots for a drop-off site for Christmas trees. And uh, we uh, keep those cleaned up for them and recycle the trees into mulch. And what is the name of it? It has a funny name. I, I, I read it before we came on. It's called Bring One for the Chipper. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So when you're thinking in general about recycling that Christmas tree, what else can we do? There's a lot of different ways you can recycle a Christmas tree, per se. Um, obviously, turning it into mulch, getting, getting it to somewhere where you can run it through a brush chipper and turn it into mulch. Um, cut it up, use it for outdoor fires. Um, if you have room on your property, it makes great wildlife habitat. Could be left in the back corner of the property or something. The rabbits, birds, everything love it as it breaks down. There's uh, a lot of arts and crafts people out there that are creative that do things with it. Some people cut the limbs off and use the the main trunk as uh, as like borders for uh, a landscape trail or something like that. So there's there's a lot of different creative ways to uh, to use it. One thing I want to ask you is when you do chip the tree, that's all good, like the needles and everything, it just kind of gets all mulched up and it's all good. Yeah, it, 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 it produces a product that, you know, it's not your grade A double shredded mulch by any means. Um, it's ground up Christmas trees. So there are a lot of needles and everything in it. Um, it makes a great landscape base. Uh, a lot of people use it, put down as a base, and then they'll top dress it with some kind of uh, more aesthetically pleasing mulch, a pine straw or something like that, but it creates a great organic base. Yeah, in my property, I've got s some land, so every year I'm, I'm just putting it out there for the rabbits, you know. Sure. You know, I don't know what that's doing for my garden, but it's certainly helping the rabbits. There's a lot of creative uh, 
programs in the country. I was reading about uh, uh, New Orleans and how they've been using the Christmas trees over the years. Um, they bundle them and uh, they're dropping them off in the bayou areas uh, to um, uh, protect the, the shores basically and, and reestablish uh, uh, the wildlife refuge areas. And, and uh, it's pretty amazing. They've been doing this for about 20 years. And again, it creates habitat for birds and fish and crabs and crawfish and shrimp, but it's also protecting the, the shorelines. Yeah, and I know also, I think they'll, they'll sink them, not necessarily there, but they'll sink them into a lake. Oh, know, absolutely. As, yep. as, as fish habitat. How does that work? Do they have to screw it onto something or, or bundle yeah, them? Yeah, most of the things that I've seen where they do is they just tie like a cement block to it. That uh, makes sense. And they sink them with a cement block and creates great fish uh, habitat. And of course, we're, before we do any of this, we are taking off all the tinsel. We are taking off any decorations. Uh, that's common sense. But, you know, especially with the little stuff, if you're doing tinsel, you don't want that stuff out there. You don't want that running through the shredder, right? No, absolutely. They got to be completely clean. Uh, it's amazing what we see um, <laughs> as far as tree stands go, homemade tree stands and six inch spikes driven up the base of the tree and <laughs> metal clamps and all that. And then that, that I obviously cannot go through a brush chipper. You know, it's designed to chip wood, not metal. It can well, be very unsafe. I have to tell you that the tree stand that I grew up with was from somewhere in the 1930s and 40s. And every year, my dad had to spend about two hours out in the garage thinning out, thinning down that bottom of that Christmas tree to get it in the stand. And when I inherited that stand, my wife said, uh-uh, you, you, you can keep it, but we're getting a modern stand. And thank goodness I did because uh, now there's, there's, there's no problem. Uh, anything else you can think of? Any other way to use the tree? I think we've covered most of it that I can think of. You know, I read um, that apparently goats are very fond of certain pine trees. Huh. So it's certain species of pine. And uh, so I guess a lot of uh, farmers and stuff will take a tree and it's, I guess it's a great treat for the, uh, for goats. So, uh, you know, there's only specific varieties. So I, I don't recommend if you have goats, just to throw your Christmas tree out there unless you do a little bit of research and make sure it's going to be safe for them. But I guess, uh, I guess they are very fond of them. Huh. Do you have a favorite type of tree that you pick every year for, the holiday or does it matter to you <laughs> not really <laughs> we we've chipped up oh gosh probably in 30 years probably a million christmas trees so at this point they all look the same <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about why this job is right for you uh, like many people i grew up outdoors camping and and doing a lot of things like that. So being able to pursue a career outdoors was really important to me. Um, I went to a, a two-year technical school in Southern Ohio for forestry. Never really had my eyes on uh, 
urban forestry or urban horticulture by any means. The last thing I want to do is be in a city, <laughs> you know, but uh, it, things evolved and uh, I uh, hooked up with Davy Tree and I was in Ohio and he said, well, we have a position down in Atlanta, Georgia. And it's like, eh, I'll go check it out. I was young, threw my stuff in the car and figured I'd go work it temporarily till I decided my next pace. So I've had a 38 year temporary job. <laughs> And tell me about what you get out of this job uh, in general. Um, it's, it's a wide variety of uh, satisfaction. Uh, uh, helping people solve their tree problems is probably number one going out. You know, when we get a call, um, it's usually based on uh, some kind of tree issue that somebody perceives on their property. And it may be an issue. It may just be a natural environmental reaction to trees happen and everything's fine. So going out and troubleshooting, diagnosing and, and preparing a, uh, a plan for care um, is what I get out of it the most. That's the most, and, and literally every tree, every property is different. So there's a lot of variety to it. I've had the opportunity over the years to, to uh, work on some historic trees um, that I get a lot of satisfaction from. And, uh, that's that's really fun. Um, yeah, talk a little bit about that. That's interesting. Like, what are we talking about? Just a hundred year old tree, or uh, one of the most important ones we take care of. In fact, I was just uh, just visited last week. It's in South uh, East Georgia, and uh, it's uh, a five hundred year old plus live oak. Wow, that uh, is one of the top three largest ones in the country and uh, Davy Tree has had the honor of, of caring for it since the like the mid-1950s so well, we have a long history with the tree and I've personally been involved with it for about 30 years and uh, it's just a gigantic specimen <laughs> you know it, it's it's limb span it's like over half a football field wow. and, uh, all the way around the, the entire canopy it's like 160 feet from end to end and it's just massive and it's, it's old. It's this historic. Um, fortunately, it's super healthy, <laughs> you know, so just having involvement with that uh, tree over the years is really cool. It seems like a lot of responsibility though. That, that's a 500 year old tree. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, um, I commend the owners um, that they have made a commitment like they have over all these years to care for this understanding that it, you know, it's a piece of history and um, there's was a book written about the history of it and everything. It's really cool to, to, to see that. And it's a living, living organism that you can go visit. It's not like a monument or something, you know, it's, it's really, really satisfying. And I think the fact that you've been a steward for that tree for 30 years is pretty important stuff. Yeah. It's uh, I take a lot of, uh, a lot of pride in that, you know, so it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's part of the family. I got pictures of my kids under it and everything. So in fact, I even talked to the, the, the administrators when I was down there, I said, you know what, uh, in a few years, I want to have my retirement party under this tree. No kidding. <laughs> that right there shows everybody the power of trees and that how we get connected with trees that's that's amazing 
what are your biggest concerns when dealing with a tree uh, with with that kind of provenance? Um, really, um, obviously, uh, because of where it's located on, on this property, it's on private property, but it's at a retirement home. So the safety of the tree is of utmost importance. Um, you know, that you, you don't want anything major um, failure to happen and cause any kind of kind of issue there, uh, which they've they've taken very good care of it. I mean, they've invested a lot of money in this tree over the years to to keep it as good as it is. But I think that's our our number one focus really for any time we go uh, look at any tree is is first uh, identifying um, any defects or any conditions that would render that tree maybe a safety hazard, an unusual risk. Um, so that's that's always, I think, in the forefront of any time you go look at a tree for a customer, you know, that it may not even be the reason they called you out there, but you do notice something that creates a hazard. So I think uh, for me, that's that's number one. And then, and then uh, doing your research, you know, not everybody knows everything. Uh, bringing in experts, uh, consulting with people on a on the care of a historic tree like this, and making sure we're we're addressing everything we need to address when we care for it. Has Oakwilt made its way to Atlanta? Is that a problem down there? Not yet, although it is a problem, uh, especially with live oaks uh, along the coast. Um, so we have our eyes open and are, are providing the care, especially for this tree to, to uh, make sure we're not predisposing it to anything like that. But so far we haven't seen it in the Georgia area to my knowledge, but, uh, but it's, it's not far away. What kind of season did you have this year? Uh, relatively wet. Yes. Uh, the last couple of years we've had, higher than average uh, rainfall. So um, especially in the summer months, which, uh, you know, we usually get the afternoon showers because the humidity builds up so much and everything, but it's uh, uh, the last couple of years we've had significant rainfall. And what does that mean for the trees? Um, it, it's positive and negative. I mean, we've seen a lot of really good growth the last few years uh, since we haven't been in drought or had long periods of drought. So that's been great as far as plant healthcare goes. Um, whenever you have a lot of moisture and a lot of humidity, like we get through the summer months, it breeds a lot of disease issues. So um, we've seen a lot of Phytophthora, uh, a lot more than normal in the last couple of years. And uh, a lot of your uh, leaf diseases have been pretty prevalent. Well, I always like to ask arborists this, and since you're down south, tell me about a couple favorites that you like to recommend. And we always preface this with, we know it, right tree, right place. But are there certain species uh, that you really love that maybe don't get uh, planted as much as you would like to, or something that you really love? Well, Atlanta is an interesting area. And obviously it's a large metropolitan area. Um, we're kind of in a transition area between north and south and uh and we have a lot of transplants from the north and the south <laughs> so we we see a lot of different species being planted here that are non-native 
I'm kind of old school. I'm kind of a native tree person. And uh, um, because they do well in our climate, which is, you know, we get hot weather, but we do get some cold weather. We get drought, but we get periods of a lot of rain. So it's, it's a very tough area, but uh, things grow well here. That was, that was the hard thing coming from Northeast Ohio down here was, uh, man, things grow fast. And uh, not as much a favorite of species as I am of planning or where you plant the plant because it does grow so fast. I see so many landscapes overgrown in five to 10 years. It's amazing because, and it's because people come from the North and come down here and don't realize how fast things are going to grow. And so a lot of the issues we deal with is usually from poor placement or overcrowding or things like that. And how about the wrong choice? Because I, I'm just guessing that when you do transplant to Atlanta, you want the same trees that you were growing up north. Sure. You see the uh, occasional Colorado blue spruce, <laughs> knowing that it, it's going to have a real hard time in that 90 to 100 degree in that heavy clay soil. Um, hemlocks, Canadian hemlocks, you know, an hour and a half from here, you get up in the Appalachian Mountains and they thrive. I mean, I've seen native Canadian hemlocks up there, just beautiful. An hour and a half south and you get down here into the clay and more heat and they struggle. They're really hard to grow here. Same with like rhododendrons and things like that. You'll see the exception to the rule around town, but most of the time they don't will do well. And the same thing like live oaks. I've seen live oaks in Atlanta and they'll grow here, but that, that very slow growing, very stunted, you know. Chris, I want to finish up with one last question. Tell me the best part of your job. The best part? Um, seeing the end result, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no doubt, seeing the end result, seeing uh, uh, the best satisfaction comes from when a crew is on a property working all day and they completed their task and the customer is super happy and, and uh, you know, we walk away all with smiles on our faces. Well, Chris, thanks so much for your time and especially the story of that that historic oak. I'm looking that up as soon as we get off our podcast here because I've got to it's see called the It's called the Village Sentinel. All right. I'm looking it up and I, I encourage our listeners to look that up too because that's that's got to be an amazing tree. Thanks again for your time. Doug, I appreciate it. You have a good Christmas. You too. Boy, I'd really like to see that tree in the Atlanta area, wouldn't you? Wasn't that a wonderful story? And don't send that Christmas tree to the landfill. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. I hope you're having as much fun listening as I am hosting the show. Next week, we've got a fun show. It's a host of unique stories shared by Arborist, and I've read a few already. You're going to like this. And as always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. <laughs> <laughs>